What's the background of a Charlotte area businessman? He may work with a business that you know. Maybe he works with your property or your family. Maybe you grew up with him or went to his school. However, you probably don't know that one of his passions over the course of his life and career is mountaineering and some of the accomplished accomplishments that he has made in that arena we're going to discuss here on the Carolina Outdoors. Welcome everyone, Bill Barty, your host of the Carolina Outdoors. You've heard us talking about Storytellers Night at Jesse Brown's. It's upcoming Thursday, September 21st at 6 o'clock. Come hear your neighbor's adventure with three 20-minute stories. One of those stories is titled Divine Intervention and it is being told by our next guest on the Carolina Outdoors, Walter Bridgman, who's joining us now. Walter, welcome aboard. Thank you, Bill. Good to be here. Listen, you heard me going over that background, and uh, as a, a business owner and operator here in the, in the Charlotte uh, vicinity, and then some remedics, restoration is what you do by day. Um, taking care of water, fire, mold, smoke damage that has occurred uh, to to homeowners, property owners, business owners. But that's just a little bit of what we know about Walter Bridgman. For many of us who do know you, this is something that we're learning about you, about the mountains that you summited and the background that got you to the top of those mountains Walter, will you tell us a little bit about growing up in Charlotte and then your professional start in business? Yeah, sure, Bill. Yeah, uh, you know, I'm, I'm not a true native. I moved here when I was two, but have seen, obviously, Charlotte grow like crazy, right? So I grew up over in, in the Cotswold Sherwood Forest area, and I remember when they built South Park, and I'm trying to trying to think to myself, who in the world is going to go shopping all the way out there at South Park, right? You know, so uh, we've definitely seen it grow, and, and it's been a tremendous growth uh, arc that we've had. Um, so growing up in Charlotte, um, you know, one of the biggest influences for me in, in the high adventure area was Boy Scouts. And I was fortunate enough to join a great Boy Scout troop. Troop 17 was at Westminster Presbyterian Church. And uh, we, we, we did it. I mean, we were out there. I mean, we, we, we were the ones who could walk to walk and talk to talk. And, you know, we, we all were, were focused on, on advancement. We were also focused on, on high adventure. And in the mid-70s, we were doing, you know, 50 miles on the Appalachian Trail. We were doing um, um, the Nanahala on Grumman's aluminum canoes. Uh, <laughs> we climbed Mount uh, Long's Peak out in Colorado. And I didn't even know where Long's Peak was, more or less Colorado, but we flew out there and had a great time doing it. And that really whetted my appetite for for high adventure. I loved it. I just I just thought it was fantastic. I loved it. You're you're going to tell some of this in your uh, appearance at Jesse Brown's. But Walter, uh, so yes. you moved here when you were two years old. Uh, of course, Jesse Brown's is now located in the South Park area of Charlotte. But you were one of the few. There's some out there, but you were one of the few that can uh, has shopped in and remembers all of the different Jesse Brown's locations over the course of the past 53 years in Charlotte. You shopped there, supported there, have been there through elementary, middle, junior high, high school, college, and beyond. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. I started over there with Jesse himself over right beside the double door on Independence. 
And then they moved over to Eastway, right across from Central Avenue. Uh, the little shopping center is still there. And then they moved over to South Tryon Street. And, and then they moved over to where they're located now. So, yes, I've been to all four. And um, so, yep, yep. Um, and, and spent a lot, a lot of time and effort and money there, too. I loved it. I loved going there and shopping, looking at the equipment, touching it, feeling it, you know, trying it all. It was great. It was great. Well, Walter, of course, you, you graduated, uh, actually more than graduated. You received your Eagle uh, Scouting Award uh, out of Troop 17 over at Westminster Prez, went to Chapel Hill, uh, did a Knowles course along the way. That kind of uh, continued your adventuring resume, if you will, in 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 your outdoors career that way. Then went into banking, uh, worked for several several banks. Walter, when did mountaineering going to the top, climbing these mountains, and we'll talk about which mountains that you did climb, but when did that uh, bubble up in your interest and uh, your passion, if you will? Yeah, so so growing up, I had two posters in my room, mm-hmm. um, and it was Jim Whitaker uh, climbing the first American on top of Mount Everest, that, that that iconic picture, and I also had a picture of K2, so I always had my background, and one of my favorite books was Maurice Herzog and a Purina. So, you know, I had all this in, 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 kind of in, in my blood and in my DNA. Uh, but once I got into banking, I kind of kind of fell off. You know, I, right. I, 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 I was focused on work and play, and mountaineering really didn't come into anything and, and, until uh, uh, Troop 99, a good friend of mine, um, who unfortunately is no longer with us, Gary Matushak, they were out in the Olympic National Park out in, out in Washington, uh, state, and as they were flying out of Seattle, you see Mount Rainier, and one of the scouts, Bill Watson, said, hey, I want to climb that. And his father said, well, if you can get one of the, the leaders or an adult to go with you, you can go. So Gary comes back and says, hey, man, do you want to go climb Mount Rainier? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, let's go do that. And that kind of started the whole cavalcade of us going out there and, and climbing. Um, so we did – um, it's, it's called the yo-yo when you go out there. Um, yeah. First time, um, it, it's just you go to Paradise Inn. Uh, you start around six thousand feet. It's a pretty grueling hike. You go all the way up to camp and you're at ten thousand feet. You wake up at three o'clock in the morning. You climb all the way to the top and then back down. So it's a it's a it's a grueling day. We didn't make it. Uh, we got up to about thirteen thousand five hundred feet. And there was wind slab avalanche conditions, so we turned around. But I was hooked, Bill. I was hooked at that point. Um, oh. It kind of got the juice flowing again. And, um, and, and well, Walter, let me ask you about that. So, did you have any um, mountaineering training on that trip? Do they put you through a course, one of those RMI or whatever the different companies that that maybe train you for a few days before you take on Rainier? Was that part of the program, or were you guys first time um, in it? I, it was. It was. It was. It was through RMI, Rainier Mountaineering Inc. And I think we may have done very, very little, little uh, training. You know, just basically how to put your crampons on. But you know, they're heavily guided. I mean, you know, the guide ratio is pretty high. Yes. So you know, they felt that they were going to be able to take care of you. So, so the training wasn't that great. But what we decided to do, Bill, is we said, look. This yo-yo thing is kind of a crapshoot, right? You don't know if you're going to go make it because of the weather. So we decided to go back and take the five-day expedition class. 
Ah. One was going to be on the mountain four days and is going to give us a greater window. And it taught us expeditionary skills. That makes so it perfect on, sense. It was, it was on that trip. It was on that trip that we that we went and we actually summited um, the trip um, on, on Mount Rainier. That's when you and, knocked uh, off your first big mountain mountaineering uh, trip. Uh, Walter Bridgman is the voice that you hear there. We're talking about Storytellers Night at Jesse Brown's. It's Thursday, September 21st at 6 o'clock. Come here, a neighbor's adventure. We've got three 20-minute stories. On previous shows, you can go back to the podcast highlights of the Carolina Outdoors to hear uh, Tom Blocker and Grace Lye and Marty Olhot who uh, were both interviewed here on the program. And now we've got Walter Bridgman talking about his story, Divine Intervention. And <laughs> Walter, with a story title like that, it brings to mind some of my questions I've got here for you. The hardest part of climbing big mountains like this, your most dangerous trip, um, because surely those are topics that, that jump up as well as fun and accomplishment on a, on a big mountain. But when you have a title like Divine Intervention, um, it brings up danger and thrill. Tell us about some of those on the trips. Well, you know, um, each trip is, is, is an adventure, right? And that's what I love about it. It's, it's, you know, when we set these trips up, it was basically, let's go here, and we just went. You know, we, we set the logistics up, and we went. Um, you know, one of the awe-inspiring moments is when, we flew in uh, by plane from Talkeetna and landed on the glaciers there at, at uh, Denali. Mm-hmm. And you, 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 you put on a 70-pound you know, pack and you're pulling a 50-pound sled. Mm. And, you're, and you go down Heartbreak Hill to get onto the Kahiltna. And then you're, you know, you're trudging along and you're in, you're in snowshoes. And you kind of, I'm going along and I'm going, what in the world am I doing here? <laughs> you know? What am I doing here? I, there's, there's no reason for me to be here. <laughs> and then, and then the other moment that really sticks out in my mind, uh, it was summer day on on Denali. Uh, we're at seventeen thousand two hundred feet. It was about twenty to twenty five below zero that day that we we left, and uh, we we you down at the high camp and you climb up to Denali Pass. And you get to Denali Pass, and, I mean, the wind was just howling. And there was a lenticular cloud over the summit. Yes. And we decided to go. So you get to, the, you get to, to, Denali, to, to, to Denali Pass, and that's in between the north uh, peak and the south peak. And, and we're going, I think, to the, to the south peak, the, the high peak, whichever one, the, the one that you climbed. And I'm there, and I'm really struggling. I'm struggling. And, and I'm, I'm, I'm almost ready to tap out when our guide goes, how's everybody feeling? And I, and I say, are, you know, are you warm? I'm going, yes. Do you feel, you know, you've got energy? Yes. Or, you know, are you cold? You know, no. And, and you know, and, and, and then he says, and he says, and if, if you're, you know, out of breath where you should be, you're at 20,000, you know, you're at 19,000 feet. Right. And that speech just said, Okay, let's go, right? And and so, you, you hike on, and, and you know you're roped up, and and then you get to the football field, and then you get to the the, the high wall, and you get on the summit ridge. And the summit ridge is so 
so narrow that I'm thinking that if one guy falls to the right, I'm going to counterbalance. I'm going to jump off the left-hand side to try to save him and myself. So that that was pretty scary then. Sure. And the other time that, that I thought was a little sketchy is when we was climbing the Matterhorn. And when you climb the Matterhorn, you're roped up, but you're roped up with just a guide, just you and he, mano a mano. Right. And, you know, when you're doing most climbing, you have, you have protection, you have carabiners, you know, you set them, you know, you, and, and, and you're clipped in to, 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 the, to the face. On the Matterhorn, they got rebar, and it just sticks up, and they throw the rope over the rebar, and that's it, <laughs> you know? And, and, and the exposure on one part, when you're climbing up, I remember putting one foot up on the, and, and, you, and you're jumping up, and, and there is literally you got the north face on this side, and it's about four thousand foot drop, and then you got the the east face that just drops off, and then they got all these plaques around just commemorating the people that died on the mountain. You're going, just focus on what you're doing, right? Just don't think, focus. Don't think, focus, and just keep moving forward. Wow! And, and that was kind of crazy because. By the time we got past the Solvay Hut, which was around 12,000 feet, now you're doing mixed climbing. You're in crampons, and you're on rock, ice, and snow with crampons. And it's a, it's a, little, it's a little sketchy, you know, for people that don't do it on a regular basis. Oh, I so guess so. Those stick out in my mind. Well, that's part of what helps define the story, divine intervention. But, Walter, I'm going to go back. If you're just joining host Bill Barty right here on the Carolina Outdoors guest, Walter Bridgman, he's going to be at Storytellers Night at Jesse Brown's on the 21st, September at 6 o'clock, telling his story, Divine Intervention. But, Walter, I want to go back to that question that you asked yourself. You mentioned all these trips are different, all these adventures are different adventures. But that question that you ask, what am I doing here? What's the answer to that question when you're in that situation? Is it just those words of encouragement or check-in from a guide or a friend? Um, what is the answer, uh, thematically anyway, on these trips uh, do you answer to yourself? You know, once we kind of started climbing, we, we just got into the routine of it, and we really enjoyed it, and we were successful. You yeah. know, we were, you know, we had a great, great, great climbing ratio, you know, uh, success ratio. I've got so, your list um, here. I, in fact, I can't pronounce, uh, you know, all the mountains that you've climbed, but I've got, you know, the, the Denali, you mentioned it, uh, highest uh, highest summit in North America, but Mount Rainier, Mount Baker, Mount Blanc, uh, Grand Teton, Mount Washington in wintertime um, are, yeah. are just some of them, but still that answer of what am I doing here when you're up on top of the mountain? You know, you're in it. You know, yeah. it's, it's kind of like Theodore Roosevelt, the man in the arena, right? You know, you're out there, you're doing it, you're creating something. And and I love the, the adventure. I love the struggle. I love the, the training. You know, we used to go to parking decks and, and run steps with the, with heart rate monitors on. We used to go to Mount Mitchell in the wintertime, uh, camping, trying out new equipment. And, um, you know, yeah. being with your buddies, you know, we had three or four mates and, and we were so tight. We knew what each person was going to be doing, what their roles were going to be, and and it was just it was just I loved everything about it. You know, we were down in Mexico, and and we're going from one town to the another town, and to the to a little area called Tlacachuca, which is in the Indian mm-hmm. section, and we got stopped by the federales. Yeah, 
if you're out there and you know and and you've you, you got all these things going on you're in different cultures and and it was just it was just fun oh, you're in it it is too you're good in it. you're doing it. you're making it happen uh we have an adventurer on the line th- by the day remedics restoration carolinas uh, took over that business in 2016 but by weekend by night by vacation if you will walter bridgman divine intervention and and all the accomplishments uh walter i know this is going to be part of divine intervention but people of influence in those trips your teammates your friends and the choices made by you um, i'm sure that'll be a part of the story as well oh without doubt without doubt i mean you, you, you we got to the point where we didn't like opening up our group to others because I knew that everybody on our trip was going to be in shape. They're going to be prepared. They're going to be there. You know, we, we, we just didn't tolerate excuses. And so everybody showed up. We knew they were going to be in shape and ready to go. And none of us ever failed in that response. You know, if we didn't make the summit, it wasn't because we were not prepared. And that's important to be able to have, just like in business, just like in life, to have the people around you, people you can count on, um, people that are going to make right decisions, and, and, and they're going to be on your on – your, they're going to be there to, to, to look out for you, and you look out for them. Well, we can't wait to hear the story, Divine Intervention, to shake your hand, to see you in person at, as you said, the uh, last – location that you've shopped in jesse brown's over <laughs> in sharon corners <laughs> walter bridgman yes, thank you so much for your time and jumping in here and sharing and we look forward to seeing you again there over at storytellers night at jesse brown's well i can't wait thanks so much thank you great having you off he goes there is a charlatan adventurer for sure just kind of uh, how this event started off people coming in, sharing their adventures, their life changes, their experiences in Jesse Brown's. We've opened it up to the community. Uh, So come hear your neighbor's adventure. We're going to take a quick break, come back on the other side. The adventure is going to continue here on the Carolina Outdoors. 